thank you for joining us today. Uh, I would like to, I, I'm always one of those type of people that like to just jump right in. So if you have your Bible or you're following along, Ephesians the fourth chapter, I would like to say that this is one of my favorite chapters, but the reality is my favorite chapter is the one that I'm reading at the moment, the, that I'm into at the moment, because God reveals His Word to us in order that we might grow. And I've really dug into Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, for a particular reason, because Ephesians 4 and also 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, helps us to relate to one another. How are we supposed to relate as fellow Christians to one another, as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God? But the, the main part I want you to see today is how do I relate to my leadership within the church? Uh, I know we are in an area, and I want you to understand this. We are in the area of a country that's called the Bible Belt. And growing up, as I watched and listened to people relating to the pastor, sometimes called the preacher, uh, you know, the guy that, that he's supposed to preach a message every Sunday, and, and that's it, not, not really get into people's lives. But in each case, I remember growing up, and I did not understand at the time, and there are things even as an adult that you'll see in the Word of God that you don't quite understand, but given time, God has a way of revealing it to us that will bring relevance to our life and help us with our understanding, not only of ourselves, but of each other. Now, Ephesians, the fourth chapter is just this type of chapter. And I'll, I'll start in verse one. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Paul is talking about what we are called to do in the kingdom of God. And he goes on how to, how are to we to relate our walk in this, uh, this vocation that God has called us to do. He may have called you to be a teacher, sometimes a pastor. He may have called you into the kingdom to sometimes be a a ministry of helps. This is one of the, one of the callings in a person's life in the ministry of helps, uh, which could be a janitor, a, a floor sweeper, whatever you do, do it for the kingdom of God. And Paul says, walk worthy of that vocation you're called into. And this is how he says to do it with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I know if you've been in the church any time, any length of time at all, we call ourselves Christians, but we need to recognize that we are also human beings. We have feelings. We have emotions that we have to deal with. And in, in the church, sometimes those emotions or the, that people trying to relate to one another differing, different opinions or whatever the case may be. But here's the part I want you to see. He said, we endeavor to keep the spirit, uh, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. This is one of the things in my life, especially at my age, uh, that I want more than anything is peace. I don't need another fight. I don't need another problem or another situation. I just want peace. Now, there is a difference in the peace that God gives and the peace that the world gives. 
uh, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be situations. But the peace that I'm talking about is the peace that only God can give. And when you have a relationship with him, the peace will come into your life where no matter what's going on around you, your relationship with God, that relationship with the heavenly kingdom will bring a peace into your life because you know that God has everything under control. You know you have this deep settled peace, this deep settled knowledge that God is, is bringing a peace to you that you know he's got everything under control. So it's at that point we recognize that we need to keep peace within the church, among the members, whatever the case may be. But here in verse 4 is where it begins to describe this. There's one body, one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Now, I love that part. I love that part because that means from the inside out. That God is inhabiting us. His presence is around us. So it does not matter. I've heard people say, don't step into my space. And I understand what they're saying. I don't particularly like the terminology, but I understand what they're saying. Is if you, you getting into my space, you're getting into the, the place. And we need to recognize that space that we contain or we have is the God in us coming to the outside of us and all around us to protect and to keep his children. Amen. Verse six, one God and father of all who is above all through all and in you all, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now verse eight, and this is where I want to get into this. How do I relate? I, I've watched, as I mentioned as I was growing up, I, I watched and did not completely understand, but over time I, I've, I've come to learn how church operates in, the, in what's called the Bible Belt. At that time, there are churches that, that every two years they replaced the pastor. They, had, they, they would vote on new pastors, but if you were in that particular church for over two years, and be honest with you, how can you shepherd a flock? How can you shepherd and, and, and move every couple of years? It's kind of hard to do. You can't establish anything. You can't really teach anything. But in these particular denominations, they, they would move every two years. And then there was the churches that I saw that would uh, every year, they would have a members meeting and they would vote on the pastor whether he got to stay or whether he got to go. Someone else was in charge. That's not how the kingdom of God works. Because as we're going to read and get into, how am I supposed to treat the ministry that God has placed in my life? That is my church. Am I, this shepherd comes and another shepherd goes and you, who are you following? Where's the shepherd? The shepherd is the one that's leading the flock. And how can he lead if he's only going to be there for a short while? Someone else comes in and takes the next couple of years or the next year. And I've seen many churches just tell their pastors, you're no longer needed. Now, what kind of, of uh, situation is that? So I've learned, I've searched out the word. I want to know how is it that we are to treat 
our shepherds, our pastors. Well, let's get into this a little bit. In verse 7, but unto everyone is given a grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts. Note this part. He gave gifts unto men. Well, now we recognize that he's given gifts. He's given the, the gifts of the Spirit. He's given what we, what we need in the church to, to uh, having the, the, the gifts of the Spirit operating or in operation in the church. And we, we see that as, okay, that's the gifts. No. In this particular uh, passage of Scripture, he said, he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now, out of curiosity, uh, we, we just came through the Christmas season, gift giving season, and it was wonderful. And I don't know about you, but I watch kids as they, they unwrap their gifts and they didn't just sit down and, 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 and pull at the tape until it turned loose and try to keep the paper in one piece. These kids were excited and they grabbed the paper, yanked it off, and they were just excited to get a gift. This is something new. And when they got the gifts, my, my little granddaughter, two years old, grabs that gift and just holds, this is mine. And you could not take any of those gifts away from her. They were precious to her. So God gave gifts, or here he gave gifts. And the next two verses tells you about who it is that gave the gifts. Now, in my way of thinking, I want to know what are the gifts, I want to tangibly hold the gifts and see the gifts. And, and the part that shocked me as I, I read on and kind of put all this together is what God was revealing to me was just simply that you, you receive a gift from him and sometimes you don't always recognize what that gift is. You don't sense or, 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 or put the word together to discover what that word is. So as we go on in verses 9 and 10, he describes who gave the gift. This is Jesus who ascended up on high and descended into the lower parts of the earth. He went into hell and took from the enemy the keys to death, hell, and the grave and brought them to us. And he that descended is describing Jesus. And he says to him, what, the gifts that he is bringing with him, this is who brought the gifts. Now in verse 11 tells us what these gifts are. This is the part that, that kind of excites me and gets me going because I understand what, it, what this gift is. I've looked past the gift for years because I didn't recognize what that gift was. Here's what he did in verse 11. And he gave, he gave gifts in verse 8. And here he described in 9 and 10, he describes who's giving the gift. In verse 11, here is the gift. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And there are more, if you read on in the scriptures, there's the ministry or the gifts of the helps that we need within the church. And helps is, can cover a wide range of area. But they're to be considered as gifts. Now, how am I to relate to my, my pastor? Is he a hireling? Was he hired to do a two-year job and go on down the road? Some people 
adhere to that philosophy. But the reality is, according to the Word of God, a shepherd is one that will lead the flock and lead them throughout life. Amen. And as we relate to our pastors, to our teachers, to evangelists, to the prophets, to the apostles, how do we relate to them as gifts? They've been given to me for a reason. Verse 12, why did he give me gifts and call them gifts? Call men gifts. You know they're human. They're flawed. And I can tell you because I'm one of them. Uh, I'm a, one of the pastors at my church. But being one of those pastors, I know what it is in life when someone comes along and gives you a, a pat on the back. That's great. When someone comes along and says, I appreciate what you said and you ministered to me today. That's wonderful. That gives you a great feeling. And when they treat you as a gift and not as, well, that's what you're supposed to be doing. That's your responsibility in the kingdom of God. That's, that's who you are and that's what you're supposed to be doing. And they're, what they're saying is true, but how are they to relate to me and how am I to relate to them? How do we treat each other? In Ephesians or 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, and, and I won't get into all of it. There's one particular verse I want to get into is how we are to treat those that are in ministry, those that have been given to me. I, I'm amazed that this gift was given to me, but it's a human being that has a calling in their life, that has an anointing in their life, that has a separation in their life that will benefit you and benefit me because he gave these gifts, these pastors, these even to teachers within your church and within your congregation was given to you for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, uh, I know a lot of people will have a problem mentally just trying to put this together and, and how do I... How do I see the man or the woman of God that's in my life? They're teaching, they're preaching, they become pastors, even the evangelists and the apostles and the prophets that are in the house. That tells me they still exist today. There are prophets today and they bring prophetic words that will change your life if you allow them to. And if you, if you listen to what is being said and then become obedient to the word of the Lord, it will change your destiny. It will change your life because they've been sent for a reason. It's to perfect me, one of the saints. As I listen to ministry and, and I, I begin to put on a new respect for them. How am, I, how am I to treat them? Well, 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter. Number one, if you read the whole chapter, and I challenge you to do that, you'll find out it tells us how to relate to one another. It calls us brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to address one another with that respect. And when we begin to see each other as a brother and a sister in God, in Christ, we'll begin to see each other in a different light. Not just the human part. Someone once said something to me that made, there was a ministry as they were teaching and preaching, they said something that, that made a great difference in my life. It changed my, my view and my vision of how I saw the church and saw the people of God. They said to me, don't know them after the flesh, but know them after the spirit. 
recognize that in every human being, there those that are born again, those that are saved, that he inhabits, and I just read that in Ephesians 4, he inhabits those. He comes in us. So with that in mind, I want to tell you how, and I, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to treat, I'm going to show you this in, in 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter. That whole chapter tells us, call one another res- with respect, brothers, sisters, pastors, teachers. I walked up to a pastor recently that I had gone to visit, and uh, he had this attitude of, uh, I walked up and I said, this is, hey, pastor so-and-so. He said, no, 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 I'm just old. I'll use my name for an example. He said, I'm just old Rusty. I, I'm just, just call me Rusty. I said, no, I don't feel right doing that. I know what the word says, and I'm to treat you as a gift and at, with respect. No matter who you are, I'm to treat you as a gift and with respect. So I begin, I, I just told him, I said, I don't feel right doing that. Your pastor, Rusty, and that's all there is to it. So that's what I'll call you, but I'm calling you by your title, but I'm giving you the respect and, and treating you as a gift. Not, a, not just, uh, you know, they used to do this thing with uh, gift swapping and, and all this kind of stuff, and the gifts were good, but they weren't that important. You know, it was just something... A, a game you did at Christmas and that kind of thing. But the kind of gift that God is talking about is not that kind of gift. They're the kind of gift you cherish, you, you take care of, you hold it in great esteem. Now, First Timothy, the fifth chapter tells us this. Let the elders, King James Version says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, that kind of throws another perspective on it. This is how it's changed my life, changed my destiny, changed my attitude. My bishop, when he was preaching, there are things that he had taught us throughout our relationship and throughout the years that has changed my life. There are principles he taught out of the Bible that a lot of churches refuse to teach. They won't preach it. But this particular, my bishop, because he wanted to enhance my life, he wanted to bring me into a closer walk with God and walking in his principles, he taught it anyway. I heard what he said. I began to do what he said. And once I began to do what he said, some people won't teach on tithing and giving, but the principle is there. And when we begin to operate in it, all of a sudden we find the favor of God in greater measure than we've ever experienced before. I could tell you, and I don't have enough time to tell you all day long throughout my life, how God has worked and all of us, just out of the blue, I would receive favor and blessing that I was not expecting, but I remembered I had planted seed back here. Once you plant seed, there will be a harvest. It may not come when you want it, but there will be a harvest. And he said this, this is how we treat those elders with double. They are worthy of double honor. The ASV says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Now, I want to know what this double honor stuff is. How am I to relate to my pastor? How am I to relate to to the ministry that God has placed in my life? How am I to honor them? And not just honor, but he said double honor. The Amplified interpreted it this way, because 
I wanted to go through the interpretations. I wanted to see, I want to know what this double honor and how I'm to treat them. The elders who perform their leadership duties well are to be considered worthy, and here it goes again, of double honor. But then in parentheses, it says financial support, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching the word of God concerning eternal salvation through Christ. Let the elders in Amplified, uh, another Amplified translation says, let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered double worthy of honor and in parentheses again, and of adequate financial support especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. Now that word, I looked it up, that word honor comes from the word honorarium. That means the financial support that we give them. So many pastors and teachers and and the ministry is limited based on financial support, what they can do financially. They've been, been limited because of the support they were getting or not getting. Pastors that I've seen, uh, one particular pastor that I know had pastored this church. The congregation had doubled in size. They were prospering. They were doing good. And he went with a, I consider it just a moderate salary for, for years. And finally one day he said, look, guys, he went to the board. God helped the board. He went to the board and said, I need a raise. I need a little more than this. This is just getting by. And he said, I, you know, we've, we've ministered, we've preached, people are coming, the place is anointing, and they said, well, go on down the road, we'll get somebody else. Just as they fired him on the spot. And to me, that is not honor. That's not showing honor or giving honor And at that moment, that church began to suffer and went right back to where it had begun and lost a lot of people. And you say, how how can you honor the men and the women of God? He said financially, giving the support that they need, honorarium. The The voice translation says this, they're to be admired and valued. Double up on the honor shown them, care for them well. How do we care for them? How do we care for each other? Listen, when you get God in your heart, when you let allow Jesus to come in and just love him as much as he loves you, if you can just love him, I, I realize that is a task in itself. But when you love him, you cannot help but relate to the people in front of you. And, and that spirit of God that lives inside you will help you. Someone once asked me, they came and they said, I do not understand this church thing. Pastors, they said pastors ought to work. They ought to hold down a job. They ought to, you know, that, that's one of those things. And as they were telling me this, they said, I don't understand it. And I had to say to them, I looked them in the eye and I said, you will never understand it until the day you make Jesus your Lord and Savior. That's the moment that you will begin to do what this says and show double honor. So I want to say to you today, if you're listening, and if you want the blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord like you've never experienced it coming into your life, and, and I know that, that need, that desire to have God bless me and God watch out for me, I know that He is in control. If you've ever desired that in your life. I said to him, 
You'll never understand until you make Jesus, till you're born again. That's when you really begin to understand the word of the Lord and begin to operate in it. And that's the moment you will be doubly blessed. So I'm asking you today, do you know him? Have you got him in your life? There's things you don't understand. And, and I can understand that. There are things that, that you may not comprehend. But can I tell you something? Once you get him in your heart, all of a sudden, things will change. So I want to lead you in a prayer today. If you need him in your life, if you would love the favor of God and desire God's blessing in your life and, and more than you've ever had it before, just pray this prayer with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray to you today. I confess every, every lack, everything that is not like you, I surrender to you. I confess every sin, every situation in my life, and I surrender to you today. I declare and decree that you are Lord and Savior in my life at this moment. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.